And hello and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. Observe and Report, this is the show where we watch things and we tell you how you feel about them. And I am one of your hosts, Jason Simmons. And across from me, virtually, your other host, Jack Smith. Hello. How are you guys doing? How you doing? Oh, I asked the crowd like big. I, yeah, I was like, I, don't, I didn't know who you were talking to, so <laughs> I just filled in that blank for you. Also, do you like how we used to assign each other things, and I just let that one go because I forgot about it? And then also, like, oh, I like not having an assignment because <laughs> I'm what? lazy. <laughs> you know what's nice not to have in these weird ass times? Pressure, fucking so. homework. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I got out of school, all right? That's why I did it, so hopefully one day no one else would have to, all right? Yo, I have friends who are amazing who are going to, like, grad school now. I'm just like, nah, you guys are nuts. I'm in awe of you. I'm so proud of you, but, like, that is my nightmare. I say that like I'm not taking classes right now. For oh, yeah, that's true. Good job. <laughs> I'm very proud of you, and also that is my nightmare. Oh god. Um yeah, it's been not that long since we've last uh, seen and talked to each other, recorded and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've not stacked up that much as far as like, you know, uh views, things I've seen. No, but I've been there's... busy having a life and like not um, you know, drowning my sorrows in television. <laughs> I mean I still have, just not to the degree, you know, of usual. Yeah, it's not like, you know, I'm not doing hard drugs anymore. I'm just, you know, recreational only okay just nothing <laughs> controlled no controlled substances um just no, some yeah. pot yeah yeah that's it that's that's the it. viewing the tv and movie viewing equivalent of just a pothead <laughs> <laughs> like um yeah i feel like i've replaced like the quantity of things in this time span with, with more quality things not Ooh, can i say the same <laughs> 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 yeah a little bit a little bit I feel like I've seen some uh, some some buzzy things, some some Oscar buzzy things. Oh, okay. So I can I can talk about that to some degree. Get um, started, man. Let's do it. <laughs> and then I say that, and I see the first thing on my list, and it Uh-oh. is not at all that. <laughs> and I'm sorry for all the words that are about to come out of my mouth. Um, oh, I can't wait. I watched the 1992 uh, classic, Ladybugs. Um, starring Rodney Dangerfield, uh, Jack A. Harry, and um, Jonathan Brandis. And Jonathan let me tell you. Brandis? That's not a name I've heard in a very long time. Also, I just Googled ladybugs, just mm-hmm. the word ladybugs, as yep. if the movie would pop up. Mm-hmm. No, Jason, why would the movie pop up? <laughs> I just got ladybug facts and photos for National Geographic Kids. Of course mm-hmm. I did. Now, just now, uh, this is a question to ask. Now, just based on the name, without knowing what the movie's about, now I get to turn the tables on you. What uh-oh. do you think Ladybugs is? Given the cast that I've given you of Rodney Dangerfield, Jonathan Brandis, and Jack A. Harry, what do you think? I isn't it like a is it like a lady version of Bad News Bears? It is, but with a twist. Oh. I've also star- never seen Bad News Bears. <laughs> Either of them. The twist is the star player isn't a lady. He's a boy. 
yeah, oh, hence Jonathan. Oh. It is Jonathan. Jonathan is in drag for most of the movie. This movie is Oof. super inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe this did not age well. Hell no. It <laughs> does not age well. There are so many. percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a miracle it even got that. Like, this is not a good movie. Like, it just feels. Oh, God. Like, like having Roddy Dangerfield as your lead in a movie in the 1990s with, like, kid actors feels like this is already a bad idea. <laughs> like, yeah. this is not going to be good. Um, yeah, so the basic premise of the movie is Ronnie Dangerfield wants to advance in his company. Um, his, their company sponsors uh, an all-girls uh, soccer team that has been mm-hmm. champions for several years. Um, however, this is a rebuilding season, and he didn't know that getting into it, and they suck. And... <laughs> In order to bolster the team and therefore bolster his opportunity to, you know, rise in the company, he enlists his stepson, Jonathan Brandis, uh, to come play on the team. Okay. Uh, but of course, in order for him to play, he has to dress him up like a girl. Well, Jason, I don't know if you know this, but mm-hmm. women aren't good at sports. So if you want to get, you know, someone good, it has to be a man. Of course. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we can't, we can't. Run and kick. We have no. periods. Everyone what? knows the U.S. men's soccer team is way better than the U.S. women's soccer team. You know? Yeah, I mean the U.S. women's soccer team is basically just men. Yeah, you know, much. just they just put them <laughs> in outfits, and that's how they do well. By the way, sarcasm. Oh, this is sarcasm, people. Oh yeah, the U.S. men's team is garbage, Trash. and the women's team is amazing. It's a miracle when the men's team makes it to the World <laughs> Cup. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, well, what, what a good job. This is a miracle we got this far. It's like, <laughs> if the women's team doesn't make it to the finals, it's like, what happened? If they don't <laughs> win, it's just like, uh-oh. What? I mean, they're, you know, like, we're all just looking around like, they're going to win, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> we got it in the back. That's, that's what we do. That's right? that's what the women's team does in soccer. Like They, yeah. they win. <laughs> yeah, and then when um, they come in second, everyone's like, no! And we all just weep. <laughs> yes. Wow, okay. But, I mean, these are like, are these supposed to be, like, high school-age kids? These are supposed to be, uh, like, 13, 14-year-olds. So, like, middle school, high school. I love that they're, like, champions when they're 13 and 14. <laughs> champions of what? <laughs> like, I can, I can parallel this to some degree with my own middle school soccer experience. I didn't know you played soccer in middle school. I did. Oh, you must have looked so cute. <laughs> Oh, Jason, just running around. What position did you play? Were you defense? I was defense. Um, But uh, the first year I played, I was in seventh grade, and we sucked. Wait, you did not play? Did you? Had you played soccer before that? No. You only started playing soccer when you were thirteen. When I was twelve. When I was twelve, I started playing. That's too late. Which is insane. No, we shouldn't be making soccer machines at like age three. No more Tiger Woodses, okay? <laughs> no, in England for like Premier League, they sign kids to contracts and move them away from their families at age nine. This is they will be scouted and signed and be like, "You're gonna go to London now and play soccer." <laughs> that's the Hunger Games. That is that is the Hunger Games. <laughs> that's a young adult novel that no one's writing about because it's real life. Like. Um, but I say that to say we sucked in our first year, and then the second year we came in second in you know the city. Why? Oh, shit. 
because everyone else that was good graduated and went on to high school. So this happens. <laughs> Rebuilding years <laughs> happen. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but that being said, back to this movie, it's trash and no one should see it. <laughs> I watched this all the time as a kid because it was always on. Interesting. <laughs> Why did you watch it now as an adult? It was on. I was like, I'm home today, sure. And I was like, no. What was it on? It was on HBO all the goddamn time. Like, no, middle but, of the day. But you had to seek it out. Oh, like you mean now. like today? Now? Yeah. Oh, yes. It was on Amazon. It was like one of the movies oh, okay. like just there, like, on, like oh, movies that are free to you. Like, oh, I remember Ladybugs. <laughs> they don't hiss. <laughs> it's a hard watch. <laughs> hard watch, easy pass. This <laughs> is what I can say about that movie. Jason, I don't want to brag, but I really mm-hmm. peaked when I was about five or six. Because <laughs> my godfather, who's also my neighbor, who's also uh, in charge of soccer in our town, was like, yo, this girl's good. She's going to skip kindergarten kickers. We're just going to get her right up to the next level. <laughs> and my parents were like so proud that I skipped kindergarten kickers. Like, but these so- bitches, I'm so much better than them. Here we go. <laughs> Did they become like soccer parents, like sport parents? Like our kid's going to play on a traveling team. All right. I mean, I did play on a travel team. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But soccer has been a part of your life forever since you were like five until now. Yeah. Since my rocket stardom at age six. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Try not to tell anybody though. I don't want to intimidate them. (laughs) <laughs> try not to you know make anyone feel bad about themselves when they no, go to like no. you know new places or at parties i don't bring it up all the time people bring yeah, it up like, but I don't bring no it up. no guys it's okay to make eye contact with me i know <laughs> i skipped kindergarten kickers but like it's fine yeah. i'm just like you like yes i'm i'm that jack smith yes i, <laughs> I know child prodigy <laughs> i no, i'm not doing autographs today i'm sorry <laughs> okay ladybug so i'll skip it (laughs) yeah not necessary for anybody at this point in your life got it got it um so i watched the show i think it was also on amazon prime um and i thought it was a show (laughs) turns out it was just a movie because i was like man this is a long episode (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then I realized it was a movie because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Damn, things would be wrapping up in this episode. What a pilot. Cool. Um, it's called The Vast of Night. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, I've, I've heard of this. I went into it not knowing literally anything about it. Um, and it's kind of a combo of like Super 8, X-Files, like some Twilight zone stuff in there. And maybe just a dash of Stranger Things. Okay. And um, it was made recently, yes? Like, it's set yeah. in the, uh, like, that time period, of the, like, the 80s, but made now? Uh, it was, it's set in, like, the 50s, 60s. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's super new. Um, the acting was good, because uh, it's mostly, like, younger people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it builds a lot of suspense. Um, I have that it w- they had the most well-behaved baby on the planet because they were running around with this baby and this baby didn't make a peep. It barely moved. Mm. I was very impressed. Um, I don't think they had a big budget, but they did really well what they had. Um, 
It's basically about, um, it's set in Cayuga, New Mexico. Um, and it's these two high school kids, um, this guy Everett and this girl Faye. And um, he is like, I guess he's in high school, maybe college. Um, and he is like a late night DJ, like for a radio station, but it's like middle of nowhere DJ, like five people listen to this radio station. Um, she is uh, his friend and she works as um, a telephone operator when they have those switchboards with like the cords and they mm-hmm. someone would call in and they'd have to like pull out a wire and then stick it back into a different hole. <laughs> Which seems like the coolest job ever, quite honestly. When I saw that as a little kid, I was like, I want to do that job. That seems super fun. Um, Like, it looks like phone surgery. Yeah. (laughs) That's an amazing way to explain it. Yes, it totally does. (laughs) Um, And so he, uh, they're both doing their jobs one night, and she hears this weird kind of signal. And so she... Um, has him listen to it and then someone calls in about that weird mystery signal Um, and then it's kind of like a mystery government cover-up maybe type thing Um, but it's really good and it's kind of like okay the movie equivalent of like a creepy Shirley Jackson short story (laughs) does that make any sense I wish I could say I knew who Shirley Jackson was. Uh, do you remember that short story, The Lottery? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Yeah, it's she wrote. A, Shirley Jackson is the writer of that, and it's just she just wrote a lot of um, very really great but really creepy short stories. Okay. Um, and credit to the voice actors in this because they had two people, or they had one guy call in, and then this one woman who told the story. Um, and they're like the way this guy tells a story you're so on the edge of your seat i had to put a blanket over myself just to comfort myself it's really good it was short i mean i also get scared very easily um but it was just a very small thing um but i was just surprised at how kind of good and entertaining it was i would recommend it okay if you like like uh, something a little uh little um, a little spooky, maybe. Um, look, look. The way it sounds is like it, mm. it's dealing very much in the in the audio experience, like the like theater of the mind. Like, what's scaring you bit, is yeah. is yourself. Like you're yeah. imagining the images and like you know, kind of like creating the fear around you. Like I, I enjoy when movies do that, and it's not often that you see that happen in films. Like it's a very you know. War of the Worlds, Orson Welles, radio play. Honestly, yeah, that's actually a really good way to put it because this easily could have been like a radio, like teleplay type thing. And mm-hmm. I think it would have been really great. Okay. Because I feel like there have been some podcasts that have kind of done that um, and they've worked and I've really enjoyed them. Um, and I think you could have done this, um, done the same thing with this and it still would have been great. Okay. Like it reminds me of uh, a film from like Jesus now, like thirteen years ago, twelve years ago, called uh, Pontypool, which had a similar thing where in which, mm. you know, uh, horrors are happening in this small town, but it's all just being described over by this radio DJ. 
Mm. Like it does have a visual aspect, but like a lot of the horror is taking place because they're describing the things that are happening. People are calling in and describing like what's happening in the town. And gotcha. you're seeing very small, limited things. Like it's a great way to work with a small budget. Um, and I just like took a peek at the budget for this movie. Um, and it seems like it was only $700,000, which mm. is like n- not heard of in this day and age for like, you know, something that is pretty successful, uh, Vast and Night. Yeah, it was really, it was great. I liked it a lot. I didn't know what to expect and uh, it paid off. What was the thing that you just said? Uh, Ponty Pool. How do you spell it? P-O-N-T-Y P-O-O-L Is it two words or one? Uh, one word. It's the name of a town. Gotcha. In okay. uh, French Canada. <laughs> in, uh, in the Quebec. Gotcha. Um, cool. Yeah, speaking of creepy little ghost stories, mm. um, this unites two things that I really enjoy, Jax, and something that you enjoy by proxy of me. Oh. Um, <laughs> I love enjoyment by proxy. <laughs> so let me just get to the point and just say, JoJo is back, all right? <gasps> JoJo! But kind of, sort of, only kind of, sort of. Oh. Um, it takes a side character from one of the seasons uh, of JoJo, um, mm-hmm. season four, Diamond is Unbreakable, um, a comic book artist named Rohan Kishibe. And the name of the series is Thus Spake Kishibe Rohan. It's on Netflix, um, all of it. Mm. It's only four episodes long. Mm. Um, but it's this nice, cute little mini series. Each episode's about 23 minutes long. Oh. And they're all these creepy little ghost stories. Um, oh, nope. And they're not like scary, scary, but it's just like, hey, this one time was, uh, it's like uh, he's describing events that he's like come across in his research for comic books as mm-hmm. he's like talking to his friends in the town. Like one day his editor comes, it's like, I want to do this story about like, you know, this millionaire's village. Like, okay, I'll go with you. And they just describe what happens to them as they go to this millionaire's village. Um, okay. Like on one, like another issue is like, um, he's talking to a friend of his and he's like, hey, I'm going to like Italy this summer. And he's like, who's paying for you to go to Italy? Anyway, this one time I was in Italy, this crazy thing <laughs> happened. And like, just tell some the story of what happened to him over there. Okay, so if I want to find this on Netflix, what am I typing in? Uh, if you just type in thus, T-H-U-S, spake, that's the only thing named thus spake that will come up. S-P-A-K-E? Mm-hmm. Spake? Mm-hmm. Or if you type in JoJo, it will be like the second thing that pops up. <laughs> You know I want to type in JoJo, Jason. I've been waiting to type in JoJo for years. Um, no, it's extremely fun. It's like okay. slightly creepy. Um, right. Yeah, and it, it it requires a little bit of context of like, you know, what JoJo is, what JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is, and hmm. the characters there, but only very small amounts, I would say, it requires. So if I know. watch this tonight, would, it, would I know enough based on you telling me all about JoJo's adventures the to only- get through it? You know enough, yes. The only thing okay. you need to know is this guy has a power to read people, like literally. Like he can open you up like a book and see Ooh. all of your secrets. <gasps> and, and read right parts I love of you. Secrets. <laughs> like <laughs> he can look inside of you and see like the day you were born, like your favorite food, like you know, the thing that you're afraid to tell people the most. And also Oof. write things inside of you like, oh, also you're extru- you can not see the color red. Like, yeah. things like that. Or, like, you love the taste of, like, you know, uh, grape jello. And, like, every time you eat grape jello, like, you'll I love mean, it every time. Is there grape? I don't think there is grape jello. Is there? I have no clue. <laughs> I've been out of the jello game for some time. 
Uh, I wish I could say the same, but I. <laughs> there, listen. There were times when I was younger. I wasn't making much money. I wanted something sweet. Jello is cheap, <laughs> and you can make a lot of it. That is not a joke. Uh, you know what, Jason? Mm-hmm. I have nothing to say. Just leave me alone. I feel like you're going to have Jello very soon <laughs> because we brought this up. <laughs> I'm very suggestible. He wouldn't even have to rewrite me. He'd just be like, Jello, and just wish, whisper it in my ear. I'd be like, well, fuck me. Now I gotta go to fucking stop and shop and get Jello. <laughs> I like that superpower, though. That's super cool. Yeah, and again, the show's very good with how it builds that powers. It's like, mm-hmm. some dude may be really good at punching super fast. Another guy may be great at, like, you know... <laughs> Like, another guy can turn sound into a weapon. And me, I can read people and rewrite things about you. <laughs> like, it's very varied in how it, like, you know, treats abilities. I like its interpretation of superpowers. So this is just a JoJo miniseries spinoff? Yes, it 100% is. Because okay. the uh, writer of uh, JoJo is himself, you know, a comic book artist. Mm-hmm. And, like, I want to have a character that's a comic book artist. And I'm going to love him and give him cool things to do. And this is one of the... <laughs> so this is just a really fancy version of The Sims for him. It is kind of a self-insert. Um... I like it. I support this 100%. <laughs> I would do the same. But uh, the character is a lot of fun and very proud and, like, very fun <laughs> to, like, just look at his adventures. And they're all ghost stories. Um, Kind of, yeah. Like, some are ghost stories. Some are, like, uh, the four spirits of, like, you know... Our possession stories. It is very much like paranormal Ooh, okay. stuff. Okay, cool. I like it. Um, so speaking of Italy, <laughs> and the thing that I love so much, I have my favorite game. I'm going to tell you this show. You got to tell me what it's about, Jason. Okay. It's just called Vincenzo. Vincenzo. All mm-hmm. right. So, Vincenzo. He... <laughs> oh, the accent. You got it already. I love it. <laughs> Vincenzo, uh, it's set in uh, 1910s America. Oh, uh, we're going with a period piece. Interesting. Period All right. Vincenzo is, uh, you know, an Italian American immigrant. He is discovering the American experience, and it's hard. All right. It is hard. For an Italian man in 1910 in New York City, okay? And he's doing his goddamn best to provide a life for his family. You know, he's working in the U.S. He's sending money back home to Italy, okay? But how does a man make it in America? He gets involved in crime, okay? Uh-oh. So Vincenzo's a story, all right, of an Italian-American man that gets involved in the American mafia and works his way out. Vincenzo. Tuesdays okay, so, on Amazon. <laughs> so, Jason, mm-hmm. here's here's what happened over okay. the last like six weeks. Mm-hmm. Netflix has figured out that I'm Asian, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, we see you, basic ass Korean girl. We've known you for a decade or whatever, and only now are you revealing your true self to us." Because you watched Sweet Home. So you watched one <laughs> Korean thing, and now we're just going to go ahead and assume you like all Korean things. But, like, they're also not wrong, Jason. <laughs> so, Vincenzo 
is the story of Vincenzo Cassano, a Korean-Italian man. Whoa, okay. A, he was Korean boy uh, who got uh, adopted by an Italian mob family. As you do. That wasn't As 100% you do, wrong. Jason. Nope. Um, so, I mean, he's adopted. So the first thought is, could this have been my life? Because I am also adopted. If only I had <laughs> been adopted been mob. by the Italian mob. I'm smart. I feel like I could have like helped out. Because mm-hmm. Vincenzo is their consigliere, a.k.a. their lawyer. So wait, does Vincenzo, he's adopted by an Italian family. Does he move to mm-hmm. Italy? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Does it, is it shot in Italy? Um... <laughs> Are they doing their best impression of Italy? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So may I describe to you the first scene of the first episode? Yes, please do. So, and we don't know, we don't see him in his childhood, at least not so far. We just see him as an adult. Mm-hmm. We wake up in Rome. We're in this beautiful, fancy apartment, very luxurious. He wakes up, he puts on his fancy Italian suits, he goes out to the car out front because mob guys are going to drive him to where he needs to go. He's looking at, you know, business winery shit on his iPad. Mm-hmm. Out of his window he sees this little like crop duster plane going along with him and he's just like oh he pulls up to this palatial mansion on this vineyard now i don't know how long it took him to get to this vineyard but presumably he woke up in the morning it may still be the morning okay however as he goes up the steps what is the Italian guy at the top doing? Sitting by himself, eating spaghetti with a glass of wine. <laughs> ah. I like to think that it's 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> Who knows what time it actually is. That's, I mean, you know, literally when in Rome, you know, have a sp- plate of spaghetti with wine at 8 yeah. in the morning. Of course. Um, Get those carbs in you, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's carbon up. So, and of course, this one mob guy has two... Uh, security guys behind him, right? They're just Mm -hmm. standing there, looking tough. Vincenzo sits down. You find out that uh, old Vinny's dad has died, and he was like the head of the family or whatever. And this asshole that he's talking to has taken over. Vinny's trying to make a deal with him. The guy doesn't want to take it. He's racist. He's like, get the fuck out of here. And then he's like, you're going to regret this. And the whole time you see the plane crop dusting. Okay. All right. Just dusting those crops, getting the pesticide. Dusting, dusting the those, pesticide. those grapes. <laughs> For the wine and, that he's drinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so then he starts to walk down the stairs and uh, the plane flies overhead and also crop dusts the Italian mob guys. And they're going, what the fuck is this? And this because the guy's like, why are they, uh, why are they doing um, the crop dusting now? Like, we just did this last week. Jason, were they crop dusting? Or was that all gasoline, Jason? How do you not smell aerosolite? Whatever. Okay, go on. I, it's, I'm, it's not my show. It's not my show. Go on. We don't know what happens in Italy, Jason. <laughs> maybe, maybe things are different there when you just drop gasoline, presumably over an entire vineyard. 
that I don't know how much. You know, to be fair, gasoline is scented uh, after the fact. It does not naturally produce a scent. So, oh, I didn't know that. You know, this could be it could have been easily unscented gasoline. Why did they choose that scent? So you easily recognize and know that, like, hey, there's some flammable shit around you. I mean, I'm one of those people who loves the scent of gasoline, <laughs> but like, interesting. <laughs> um, and so as Vinny's walking down those stairs, he flips open a lighter. Boom, the whole vineyard goes up in flames. All the vino. Vincenzo. <laughs> However, this is how this show starts, right? And I'm like, oh, this is great. It's a stupid mom thing. Mm-hmm. But then he goes back to Korea. And it's like his whole thing is trying to get this gold that has been stashed under this apartment building thing by an old Korean gangster guy who's now died. And the only way to get it is to like do this like retinal scan thing. So it turns into like a weird, like USA, like network comedy of like these, (laughs) of like all the weirdos who live in this apartment building. It's Uh so bonkers. It seems I don't that, know what this show is. It seems that Netflix has discovered your love of both Korea and apartment buildings. Um, because <laughs> this is also an apartment-based uh, drama. <laughs> it's not that I love Korea and apartment buildings. It's that Korea loves apartment-building-based ba- mm. shows and movies. Everything I, is in an apartment. Which I guess is reflective of, like, you know, how cities actually are. But also, think of all the characters we can have. Like, we can have, like, the shut-in and, like, you know, the guy that's keeping secrets. And, like, are these two people having an affair? Like, it just produces all of this swinging doors situations that I Well, they have a Korean guy who is trying to be as Italian as possible. And he wears a chef's hat and curly, fake curly hair and a big mustache. Give it to me, Mario. He's like a (laughs) Korean... It's just, it's so like people by the building, it's this whole thing that he's like waging war against this big company and just, it's such a bizarre show. The tone is all over the place. It sounds like it. And it's also, it's coming out like episodically, like it's not all on there. I thought there were only two episodes. I watched Uh two episodes and now there's like four out because it's coming out each week. Interesting. Okay, so this, that's an interesting distribution model from Netflix because they don't do that normally. I know. Are people just so clamoring for this that they're I, like, oh, they'll come every week for Vincenzo? <laughs> so with Netflix recently, they they acquired the rights to like air a lot of like Korean shows um, to like so I guess increase their international uh, offerings. But I or didn't it's just real- for me. Or it's just for you. They know that you're watching. They know you've been a loyal <laughs> customer for at least 10 years now, and they just want to give you what you want. I appreciate it. Um, but I do also think this is like a... If they're doing it weekly at this point, I don't know if that's exclusive to their international things or if they want to adopt that model now for other things in their library or what will be coming out. Because I don't know if you notice, but it feels like we're running out of things to watch. <laughs> I mean, like, yes, but also, no, there's so much. As There's far as like so much. newly produced things, because I came across a, a problem uh, two weeks ago. Uh, HBO, um, mm-hmm. as I've as I've said before on this podcast, uh, for damn near forty years, they have been 
they've existed on a premise. Every Saturday night, we're going to show you something new. Either mm. we make it or it's come from the theaters to home. We are the home box office. Right. Every Saturday, you're getting something, unless it's boxing. Um, and they ran out, Jax. They, they ran out of shows. Do you know what the premiere was last weekend, last Saturday? What? Bill and Ted 1 and 2. And the week before that, the Book of Eli. Like, they're re-showing things that they've already shown on oh. their network. Oh. So is this how is this the beginning of the end? Is this how we know that the apocalypse has come? A little bit. <laughs> like a little bit. And no one's making us think about it because we live in such a you know a, a streaming world. Mm. Uh to quote Tenet, we live in a Twilight world. I'll always quote Tenet. Oh, uh, God, I don't know. <laughs> I think but, I would um, end our friendship if it turned out that you really enjoyed that movie. I think I'd just be like, well Jason it's been a good run. We've known each other for 13? No. Oh, God, I'm 34. I was doing the math as if I'm 31. Oh, Jesus. Like 15 years. Oh, we've known each other for 15 years. It was a good run. This is the end. <laughs> How dare you enjoy that movie? Um, I do not. I will always quote it ironically. It is a dumb movie <laughs> that thinks it's smart. I'm so impressed that you can even quote it. Because <laughs> it's so memorably dumb. <laughs> My brain immediately forgot everything. Every line of that film. Oh, God. Ah, we're getting off track. All right. To, to talk about something yes, that, is, that was actually quality, um, I will speak on uh, Judas and uh, the Black Messiah. Oh, how is it? It is excellent, actually. Nice. It's really, really good. Um, uh, Jews and Black Messiah uh, being uh, kind of the biopic on Fred Hampton of the Black Panther Party um, and Bill O'Neill, who was like kind of like his right hand, sort of, and how Bill O'Neill was a plant by the FBI to dismantle the Chicago Black Panther Party and uh, either terminate or imprison Fred Hampton and take him out of the picture as far as like, you know, being an organizing force in uh, that area. And it is, it's such an impressive movie, like just visually, like it looks great. Like it's a mm. really good looking movie. It stars uh, Dan Kalua, uh, Lakeith Sanfield, uh, Jesse Plemons. Uh, oh, Jesse Plemons. Be, it's, it's another Jesse Plemons role where it's like, man, I just want you to be a good person. Why? I know, he always, <laughs> he's always deplorable or incredibly creepy. Or like, both. I know. Uh, he gives off, like, big Matt Damon energy, but you're not Matt Damon. <laughs> you're not gonna do the right thing here. <laughs> I like him as an actor, though. I do love him as an actor. Like, yeah, that's no slide against him as a, a performer. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, like, he is definitely the antagonist in this film. Uh, Martin Sheen is in it, being a real piece of shit as uh, mm-hmm. J. Edgar Hoover. Yep. Um, and, yeah, like, it's, it is such an entertaining film such a to me educational like there's so many things i just didn't realize or know Mm, Um, this cast is great it's an amazing cast um Mm. and what i thought was so historically impressive was that the two main characters uh fred hampton and bill o'neill played by dan clue and and keith sanford respectively um Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be 21 and 18 when they first meet which is which is like you were an organizer of people at 21. I could not even 
fucking organize myself at 21, much less like be a central figure to like a movement. You know what um, I was doing at 21, Jason? What was that? Eating, eating jello. <laughs> you know what I was doing at 24, Jason? <laughs> eating jello. <laughs> it didn't end until the last couple of years. Uh, like in jello you're, i will i will adhere to your wishes and i'll bury you in a block of jello and thusly you shall remain preserved i'll just wiggle until, myself into the ground <laughs> preserved until we can figure out a way to get you back thank you um but no i i really love this movie uh it's getting tons of buzz for like performances like danny Kalia is like amazing in it did um, he win a golden globe um, I do believe he won a Golden Globe uh, just recently for his role uh, in the movie. Um, That's awesome. Uh, the it was directed by Shaka King, um, who I've not seen anything from before, um, but it, it's it's I think this is like one of his the, probably the biggest film he's made. He's directed episodes of Shrill and like High Maintenance oh, and stuff. Oh, nice! But like this is like you know I feel like his big break. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the the writing, um, two of the writers in the film are the Lucas brothers, the twin comedians um, that you may have seen in Twenty Two Jump Street. Um, they are you know well known comedians, but like I just wouldn't imagine them writing this kind of film, and it's really good. Mm, cool. Um, yeah i I was really blown away. I was like, wow, this is. To me, this is like one of the first really great things of 2021 as far as movies. Um, And I think that, yeah, very much recommended watching. Like, I think you can get a lot out of this. Um, People said in in watching this movie, they felt like, you know, a big sense of tension the entire time. Like, when is that betrayal going to come? That's why I haven't watched it because I, like, I, of the many things that stress me out, betrayal is absolutely one of them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like from anything ranging from just like, a dumb like sitcom where they're like if there's betrayal on king of queens it stresses me out. <laughs> let alone like no joke let alone something like this where there's like real stakes mm-hmm. i'm just like no and as soon i remember seeing the trailer for it and be like this is a great class great and then they showed what it was about i was like oh no betrayal <laughs> and i was like i'm gonna have to be in the right mood to watch this movie oh um, okay but i'm glad that it's fantastic yeah i would say the most the the most prevalent emotion i felt was like regret like why did this have to happen I to know. these people <laughs> like that was like the one that like hung over me but all that being said definitely worth a watch cool 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 um i continued on my wes anderson streak okay um and watched uh grand budapest hotel that's like the one of his i've not seen how mm-hmm. did you like it how did you enjoy it um, I did enjoy it. It's a weird little kind of inception in that it's like, uh, let's see, it's a guy, oh boy, I watched a couple weeks ago, so now I'm going to have to remember. Mm-hmm. It's like, a, it, it's a guy, it's a girl at a statue of a person, of this writer. Jude Law is the actual writer. And then, and so she's reading this book that Jude Law's character wrote, and now he's listening to the story being told by the old guy who's actually the young guy in the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's just like several layers of storytelling. Um, 
But the main character is Tony Revolori, who's been in a bunch of stuff. He's really great. I really like him. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it's all the typical players of a Western Anderson film. I started writing them down. Lynn was like, what is the point of writing this down? Everybody knows who's in these there. movies. Yeah. Um, but um, it was, I enjoyed it. I had seen it before, but I hadn't um, quite remembered everything. Um, I think of i like i think i like the visuals the most of all the movies Mm -hmm. of his um it's and it is really uh funny in some parts um jeff globe goldblum was really funny in parts of it um it's a bit dark at times um i think you would enjoy it okay I i would recommend it um I don't want to say too much, but yeah, I I enjoyed it. It's about um, I looked it up on IMDb because I was like I'm not good at summarizing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jude Law is at the hotel. And he runs into the owner who tells him of his early years as a lobby boy and this kind of the adventures uh, that ensue. Tony Revolori is the lobby boy, um, and it's his um, shenanigans with Ray Fiennes' character. Okay, like to 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 me, just the look of the movie and like uh, the the bits I've seen of it feel like it's some kind of a Swiss clock in just its colors. The fact that like the the way things seem to like move on screen mm-hmm. and just like the timing of it, it just feels very much like you wanted to like make a clock into a movie, which feels like a very Wes Anderson thing to do. Absolutely, and like there's like an escape from it, um, and. Yeah, there's like a, a prison break, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you would enjoy it. Okay, it seems like it seems like a really fun short story that got turned into a movie, but it's all original, which is is yeah. it all original? Okay, yeah, it, okay, that's, it. that's fun to hear. Like, yeah. yeah, I I will watch it. I don't know why I've just like put it off for so long. I've watched like everything around that, but like for some mm. reason that one just is like a blank spot. Mm. Um, what else? Another thing that I watched. Um, was a movie from also from 1992 big year big year for, oh yeah uh, for mediocre movies um movie called stay tuned um yeah starring uh john ritter uh jeffrey jones uh eugene levy uh yeah basically uh john ritter plays a uh a, a father a husband uh that loves t- tv ultimately that is his biggest vice like i just want to come home and watch tv my job sucks yeah. Like, my wife is mad at me because I watch too much TV. Why should I watch TV? <laughs> Just let me watch TV. <laughs> okay. um, and he is offered a, a deal, a new t- a cable package, because uh, that was the thing people used to watch, remember? Mm-hmm. Um, by Jeffrey Jones, uh, who's employed by the devil. Jeffrey Jones has been in so many things. And I didn't know the name, but as mm-hmm. soon as I looked him up, I was like, oh, yeah, that guy's been in everything. And he's yeah. never a good guy, and I feel kind of bad mm-hmm. for him. And he's not a good guy in real life either. <laughs> oh, no way, really? Yeah, he he pictures of things, of young people. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Like, yeah. I mean, looking at him, I'm 0% surprised. Also, right, yeah. But like, <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, continue on. But that aside, the villain who you think he is uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, traps uh, John Ritter and his wife, played by Pam Dauber, in a series of like television scenarios. Like, it's like they're being they're trapped in TV and like 
it's like you're flipping through channels. Like every five minutes, it changes a new thing. Like oh, one okay. minute they're like you know stuck on a wrestling show, then the next minute they're stuck in a cartoon, and the next minute they're stuck in like a terrible like you know uh, soap opera. Then like this mm-hmm. evil version of, of Wayne's World. Like it, it's always changing Ooh. every five minutes. Okay, and it's kind of fun to see like you know. Uh, John Ritter and Pandob are two people who are like, you know, television acting veterans, mm-hmm. like, you know, get thrown into these different situations. Mm-hmm. Um, Eugene Levy is in it and he's very, he looks so young in this. Like, he, he's got like his shirt like half open, like, there's oh. so much hair. There's so <laughs> much hair. Um, but he is hilarious um, as like kind of like a, a guide on their journey back home. Um, yeah, it's, it's, very much like a slice of like this is what television looked like in like you know the early 90s um and it's a very fun family adventure i would say it holds up way better than a ladybugs would (laughs) Um, i would recommend that like hey i'm bored i want to watch something with my kids watch uh stay tuned that's a lot more fun the jokes are hold up way better um and yeah i was just like yeah this is what tv was like when i was younger (laughs) if you look for something to watch with your kids um, speaking of old episodes of TV, I made sure that I was all caught up on WandaVision, if you would like to discuss WandaVision. Yeah, I'll talk WandaVision with you. I would love to know your feelings on things. Um, yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. I think what I like the most, which is so specific, but, um, um, oh God, I'm blanking on his name, the Asian guy who plays the FBI agent. Randall Park? Yes. Um, I like that even though his character is very, is, does not play a huge role, I like that his character is not the typical one-dimensional, either like, like a kick-ass idiot or a boring office drone or mm-hmm. someone who just plays by the rules and is just kind of like a stickler. Like, he is all of the things, like... Yes, he pretty much plays by the rules, but he also is empathetic and like to the plight that Wanda is in and everything. Yeah. He also kicks ass when he needs to and rebels when he needs to. Like, oh, that's actually like a normal like not that it's a hugely three dimensional character, but it's just not a very two D boring typical character. And I really liked that. <laughs> he's an agent with agency. Like he yes. gets like, you know, act on his own accord when it, he feels like a person as opposed yes. to like he I'm, feels like a regular person. Yeah. So it's like FBI cutout agent number twelve. Like Totally. He's extremely funny and charming and like capable at his job. Yes, that's the other thing. They're often either like the guy who plays who's in charge of the whole operation is mm-hmm. the typical what you'd see. Um, but like, he's also very like Randall Park's character is very good at his job, but then he gets pushed aside and, but he rebels. And it's just, I was really like happy to see, even though it's a really small part. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just happy to see that it was like an actual well-rounded character. Kind yeah, of. I'm, that syncs up with uh, his character from the comic books. Like uh, that oh, character. Nice does continue, like, has been in the comics since, Jesus, the 1950s. No like, way. Yeah. Like, um, part of, like, a group called, like, the Agents of Atlas. But, like, mm. he's, like, the leader of that team. And, like, you know, he's, like, the smooth-talking, like, uh, like world-weary, like, uh, leader. <laughs> and he's, like, a lot, very similar, I would say. Like, very nice, like, very uh, well-meaning. Mm. Uh, a bit of a goof, but, like, ultimately super capable at his job. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
So, but yeah, overall, I am enjoying it. I'm loving the mystery. I'm just like so thrilled for Catherine Hahn. Like she's always, yes. I've always thought of her because she's been in so many comedies and she's so funny and so mm-hmm. great in them. That seeing her, and she's definitely popped up in other movies, um, being in more dramatic roles. But seeing her being able to do all of the things, mm-hmm. like when they're doing the more like uh, kind of early 2000s uh, talking heads type of thing mm-hmm. in one of the, the more recent family-ish. episodes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and she was really funny in that. And I was like, oh, that's the Catherine Hahn I'm used to where she's hilarious. But then she also is capable of being um, very serious and very scary, mm-hmm. um, but also very sometimes very vulnerable, like when she was with her coven or whatever. Um, so getting to see her be more of a three-dimensional actress has been really exciting. I'm so stoked for her. Yeah, I think that's a good choice to have her as, like, I guess, the main villain or the person pulling the strings behind the scenes. Mm. Or, I guess, a, like, a co-villain with, like, you know, the head of a uh, sword. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I love... I've always loved Catherine Hahn, as I've said many times in this show. Yes. <laughs> um, I think she's hilarious. I'm, and, yeah, I'm glad that she's able to be so dynamic and have, like, so much... Exhibit so much range on the show, mm-hmm. but I just love that also more people are finding out about her. I feel it yes, feels like right? the general public at large is like, oh, I know that face from something, but like she, I, I think she had fallen into uh, like the category of like she's one of those people, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the girl that was in the woman that was in this thing. Like, yes, totally. And I feel like this is definitely going to help her shake that, um, yeah. and you know, be recognized for the the talent that she is. Um, yeah, there were there were things that have happened on the show where I was I've not been all over the map, but I feel like I was much hotter um, in the first few episodes when I had many many more questions, mm-hmm. and I think that made me feel like oh my god, what's going to happen next? I'm so excited, and now that a lot of the questions have been answered, I'm like okay, not not sour on the show, but yeah. I'm not as excited anymore. Okay, um, yeah, like the the one big thing that I thought was like you know. Uh, like the the forbidden door that was like it's finally open. <laughs> They're here. Um, didn't actually equal that. I'm like, oh well, well, what are you gonna do? You can't have them all. Um, which was if if you don't mind my saying, you you're fully caught up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wandavision spoilers. If you're not, I'm assuming that everyone is. If you're listening to this, um, but yeah, when um other Pietro appears, who's played by Evan Peters. Mm-hmm. Um, who is you know who played Quicksilver in the X Men movies? To me, I was like, oh, well, this is the connection that I've always wanted since all of this started. Like, I wanted the X Men oh. things they mixed up with like you know the m- m- other Marvel things. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this is it. All these toys get to play with, t- get to play together. But it's like, ah, no, nah, that's a red herring. I just throwing you off. Like, that's not really the thing that's happening here. Like, oh, oh well, <laughs> like that's the thing I wanted the most out of this. But if you're not going to oh, do it, okay. well, fine, sure, whatever. <laughs> Um, but that aside, um, other things like when they hold aloft the name, like you're the Scarlet Witch, it's like, well, yes, that's, that's what she is. Everyone knows that that's that Jason. <laughs> I was also confused up by that. I was like, was I not supposed to know that? Cause I'm pretty sure I've known that for the last like five years, but yeah. okay. <laughs> like I felt nothing in that moment I f- it feels like they thought they did something. And it's like, that's common knowledge. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Like, just because... If there were people around me, I would have been looking around like, guys, um, did you... We all knew this, right? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Just because you didn't say it doesn't mean that we didn't know it. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's like it's the character's name. About, yeah, when they talk about her character, they refer to her not like in the films, but like in press. Uh, yeah, like in the credits. Like it's all. <laughs> yeah, it's not a secret, guys. <laughs> like. All right. I haven't been calling her Wanda the whole time. Yes. You know that character, that superhero, Wanda? Wanda? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no one's doing that. Like, so yeah, that felt like it just fell on That was weird, yeah. <laughs> Same. But I, I have been enjoying it. Like, again, I really enjoy Paul Bettany's uh, performance in it. Uh, You're real uh, Bettany head. I didn't realize it. I just, I just, you know, realizes what I'm into. Like, hey, this affable... Tall British guy. Who knew? <laughs> He's like handsome Stephen Merchant. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a burn on Stephen Merchant. Not to say he isn't, but I don't know, man. Paul Sorry, his Stephen. eyes are bluer. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes one listener. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Oh, I'll write him a letter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm still enjoying it. Do how many episodes are there gonna be? Do we know? One more. I think this Friday oh, is going it? to be the finale, and then in a few weeks, Falcon and Winter Soldier will start. Oh, okay. And then when that ends, Loki will start. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all of these things. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm excited for Marvel stuff to be back in like the public consciousness. Nice, nice. Um, I watched a weird thing. It was a a while ago, and I had (laughs) forgotten about it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's a thing that I watched. Mm -hmm. Um, I I need to talk to Paul Feig and be like, so what are you doing these days? Because I like him so much, Mm -hmm. and I think he's a very talented gentleman. And I say gentleman because he dresses fancy and he seems like a classy fellow. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the stuff he's directed recently, not that he's written it, but he has directed it. I'm just like, why did you choose this pro- this project? I watched Last Christmas with Amelia Clark and Henry Golding. Oh, Paul Fee directed it? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Also, I had no depth. I'm not in the Venn diagram of people that need to see uh, Last Christmas. <laughs> Jason, neither was I. Because I think it came out like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what kind of mood I was in. But I think I just, they advertised it a shit ton. And I was like, fine. I get it. There's like a half Korean guy in it. Again, you've gotten me. <laughs> Guys. Got me. Um, so it's Amelia Clark, Henry Golding, Michelle Yeoh, and Emma Thompson. And Emma Thompson was one of the writers. I wanted to be like, Emma, you're an Oscar winning writer. What were you thinking with this piece of shit? This is just like a big budget Hallmark movie. Yes. And like, don't get me wrong, Amelia Clark is a delightful little pixie. Um, she seems lovely. She's very fun. Henry Golding was his terribly charming, handsome self. But, like, the plot of the film is that she's, like, this lovable loser that people, yeah, 
that people are like very exasperated by like her family is exasperated by her her friends are um like she i she had a health condition that it was this movie was so forgettable that i can't remember what it was jason mm-hmm. um so she had something that affected her when she was younger um and so she had kind of like i don't know been i don't even know what is the plot of this film you seem exasperated by her now (laughs) (laughs) well the thing is there's nothing that bad about her is the thing like is she a little irresponsible yes she's irresponsible she's not taking care of her health as well as she should um but like she's exasperated by by her mom who doesn't seem that bad and who like is an immigrant and came from like um like war and stuff so of course she's scarred by that like give her a break Mm -hmm. and then like her friends are like amelia clark's friends are so exasperated by her but really she's just like kind of irresponsible and a little bit annoying sometimes but there's nothing she's not a bad person like, I don't understand what the big deal is, but they make it into drama where there isn't any. And she works at this Christmas store owned by Michelle Yeoh. And then she meets Henry Golding. Um, and they have this, like, flirtation friendship. Um, now, is Michelle really, Yeoh putting on a British accent? Or no? no? She's okay. just being her sassy self is really okay. all it is. Um and she basically just like makes a friend <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes on little adventures with her friend mm-hmm. who she's falling for or whatever but it and there's this dumb twist that you see coming a mile away and it's just it's a pointless film it's a sappy <laughs> pointless film that I was like Paul what are we doing? Because you did that movie with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. You're doing this thing. I know he's doing another film that now I'm also suspicious of. Mm-hmm. Like, Paul, I, I will get it I, together. To play Feig's advocate, I will say this. Uh, he made that Anna Kendrick, Blake Lively one a simple, simple... Simple favor. Simple favor. He did that because that was weird and interesting. <laughs> like... I think yeah. he was. I think anyone that read that script was like, "Okay, I'm in. Like, this is gonna be weird, but I am. I'm in." But it was twins, Jason. It was twins. It was twins. <laughs> it was twins. That's the stupidest thing on the planet. Can I tell you the twist for this thing, Jason? Sure. He's got a disease. He's dead. Yes. Oh, She's been so hanging out with a motherfucking ghost. That's dope. And you see it coming so awesome. a fucking mile away. Cool. Last Christmas, because it was it's her is she does she die? No. Aw, they can't be together in ghost world. Whatever. No. Um <laughs> here's here's my uh take on why he may have taken this one. Because those are two very bankable stars. At a mm-hmm. movie that come, coming out at Christmas time that is a Christmas movie, he did it for the paycheck. Like I, I'm not against that. I guess. I'm not against yeah. it. Again, you know, you do weird Listen, things sometimes because you need the money. Same. 
I've considered starting like a foot fetish website, you know, whatever you got to do to pay the bills, you know, I just never include my face. That's fine. Um, there are weirdos out there. Um, but it just, and they even go back and show her doing what she was doing, but without him there. They six sense it. Like. <laughs> and you're just like, why are you showing me this? I know. Like, uh. trust me, I know she looked stupid. Like walking around talking to nobody. So why what? could she see? I need to know why could she see him? What 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 was special? Because it was Christmas time, and is that is that it? She had Christmas magic in her. Why could she see him? Great question. Well, I can't remember, <laughs> but she does go back to the apartment that she thought was his and that's when you learned that it was empty and the guy he had lived there and was dead and you're just like oh no here's a question did she sleep with him at any point did she sleep with a ghost no they like kiss once or something whatever yeah <laughs> yeah because the because I was just like, why are you not fucking this dude immediately? <laughs> Girl! And then it quickly dawned on me. I was like, oh, because you can't. Because <laughs> you'd just be humping air, you fucking weirdo. God. In someone's apartment that's not his. Yeah, in an empty apartment of a man who had died. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, Emma Thompson wrote this? Yeah, with her husband. And I think some other person. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Emma. They can't all be winners. Yeah, but you and I could write something better than that. That's true. That's true. And it's not like she's so busy with all of her writing assignments. Like... Yeah. Come on. Anyways. Last Christmas. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched two movies with very similar titles that mm -hmm. are completely different. Um, I love it. I, I watched The Little Things um, and I also watched The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. <laughs> <laughs> These two movies are not related. No, they are not. I know what... I watched one of them. I... Um... Okay, yes. Sorry. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> they're 100% not related. They sound mm -hmm. like they are either paired or sequeled. I, <laughs> I, I wish that no one who is not internet savvy has to search for any of these movies. <laughs> you will be in for a very different experience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope they would want... The thing is, I'd want them to watch a map of tiny, perfect, whatever little things, mm -hmm. and then follow it up with the little things. <laughs> 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 um with little things i was very uh it was it was good i enjoyed it um yeah it was fine it was nothing about it that like stood out other than like the goddamn star power that was in it like for real jesus christ <laughs> like you got denzel washington rami malik and jared leto like mm -hmm. and like a, a lot of uh, handsome men <laughs> and like a lot of good like you know supporting actors behind them too it's like mm -hmm. this is like very well acted and like well directed and all that stuff mm -hmm. um but there's nothing about it that like really stood out it, it just felt like you know you're uh, it, it really did feel like a throwback film like it's really something like you know my parents would watch like the 90s and it 
would have been. Like, it was, mm-hmm. uh, the totally. original script was written in 1993, but it wasn't produced until now, basically. You would have rented this and also Air Force One at Blockbuster. Absolutely. And, yeah. like, 30 years ago, Denzel would have been, like, in the Rami Malek role, and, like, someone totally, else would have yeah. been, like, you know, his mentor, kind of. Um, I thought the twist in it was was interesting. I don't want to spoil it because I think like mm-hmm. a lot of it hinges on it. Um, it was surprising for sure. I and, agree. But I did it, not. That was the one thing that I was like, oh, I, I think when I talked to you about it, I was like, oh, there was one thing that I didn't see coming. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, that's something cool. I see what you're saying now. Like it's a, it's a tone change for sure. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, and I think it could either really make someone sour on the movie or make them a bit more uh introspective about what the movie was actually about i don't know um but that being said this is no jared leto finally got that joker right you know like he finally (laughs) perfected that performance like this is it this is what people wanted from you in like you know uh suicide squad or whatever like you got it man you did it good job good job um yeah i liked his banter i liked uh how annoying and playfully he was with Rami mm. Malek and uh, Denzel. I'm like, okay, this is uh, pretty solid. It's the type, like, it's unfortunate, like, that there's so much stuff already out there like it, because yeah. if that had been the only thing, I'd been like, oh, shit, that was really good, and, mm-hmm. like, whatever, because, yeah, the performance is all good, it looks good, blah, 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 but because it's one of a thousand things out there that are just like it, it's just kind of gets thrown into the pile which is unfortunate yeah there's something about it that despite all of its unique parts feels kind of generic and like it, yeah totally. and it's unfair to it but also it does feel that way like i can't it's i can't deny that a very good quality version of the same thing yes yeah that's that's a good way to play like it's you fresh feel- baked bread but it's still bread <laughs> you know and that's that's fine that's good way to, yeah. that's a good way to put it like you know what you like bread? Like, I do like bread. Like, you, I lo- you like enjoy this. I love bread. bread. I will carbo load all day long. <laughs> well, get your butter ready because you're going to like the slice of bread. <laughs> I did like that slice of bread. I, I told you you would. Um, <laughs> let me tell you what's not the little things the map of tiny perfect things. And <laughs> it's not good. It's Groundhog's Day for babies. Um, yeah, when I saw the. I don't know if I watched the whole trailer for it, but I was just like, oh, this is Palm Springs, but it doesn't look like nearly as charming or fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. It feels like a COVID movie. Like, there are know. five people in this, like, and two of them spend a lot of time. A lot of the scenes are just two people together. Um, yeah, the premise of the film is like, you know, these two teenagers are stuck in this time loop in this small town. And they're trying to figure out, like, you know, why they're there, what they need to do to get out of it. Um, but it's not nearly as funny or self-knowing as, like, a Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. It's not as uh, well-made as a Groundhog's Day. Like, it's not as funny as a happy... I can go on forever as all these yeah. time loop movies. But, like, this is not as good as most of the, the ones you already like. Um <laughs> The main dude, whose name I don't even remember, he looks like Heath Ledger <laughs> and Joseph Gordon and Joseph Gordon-Levitt had a baby. Like oh. he looks like a combination of both of their faces on one human man. Um, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it is just very twee and very uh, 
saccharine at points. Like, this is made for, you know, teenagers who are figuring out what feelings are for the first time in their life. Oh, my God. This guy told that your description of him is so accurate. It really is if you took uh, JGL and Heath Ledger and smushed them together. Yeah. That is bonkers. (laughs) Uh, Heath uh, Gordon-Levitt or uh, (laughs) Joseph Ledger, whatever you want to call him. That's who he is. Um, Yeah, it... I mean, it has two of the things I, le- I like least in the world, which is teenagers and time. <laughs> <laughs> and I got so no time for teenagers, let me tell yep. you. Yep. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This <laughs> is not for me. Um, yeah. Uh, the, and it's and about love. That's three strikes, Jason. Yeah, their reasons for being in the time loop are also dumb. So <laughs> I don't even want to get into it, but it, it's dumb. <laughs> okay. Got it. Noted. Yeah. Done. Um, I wa- Man, I watched a lot of Asian stuff. Well played, Netflix. <laughs> um, I watched Minari, which is Stephen oh. Young's uh, movie. Is, is that on Netflix? No, it was not on Netflix. Um, it's, I think I... Okay, so to support my people... <laughs> I rented it for twenty dollars. Slapped down the twenty. Slapped I did. I was like, "This is for you, Korea." Uh, if it makes I, to the Oscars, we'll see. We'll see. But I don't know if I want to drop twenty on it just yet. No, you don't. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's not bad. It's good. It's just. It's like I. I just did it in solidarity with my with my fellow Koreans. Understandable. <laughs> um. Because again, there's still it's still such a novelty for me to see Korean people that I just am so tickled by it these days. I don't even mm-hmm. know what to do with myself, Jason. Um, so it's Stephen Yun, um, Yeri Han, uh, Noel Cho uh, plays his daughter, Alan Kim plays his son, and then the grandmother of Yari Han's character, who is his wife, um, is Yu Jung Yang. Um, and she is fantastic. Um, she deserves some kind of award because I thought her performance was excellent. Um, it's about this Korean family in the 80s, and they move. Um, they are Korean immigrants who were living in California, and then they moved um, to Arkansas, of all places. Mm. <laughs> um, and they work um, sexing chickens. Do you know what that is? Uh, essentially taking the... I'm assuming it is uh, impregnating chickens. Nope. Nope. I don't know. Go ahead. I have no <laughs> clue. It's what, I only learned about it from like watching Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's when you take baby chicks and you have to like squeeze them so a little poop comes out their butt and then you look at them and you tell whether they're male or female. Hmm. And then you put them into two piles uh and i just i learned a very sad fact about farming i won't go into it anyway so that's what they do but his dream is to like become a farmer Mm -hmm. and so um they make a very large sacrifice of moving to this you know very small rural area in arkansas um and they're working during the day um with the chickens, but then he also buys a big plot of land to start his own like kind of small farm. And it's just a big adjustment for his family. 
um, and there's a lot of tension. And it's mostly really centers um, very much on the little boy who's like, I want to say like six maybe. Hmm. Um, and he's so cute, Jason. He's such a cute little boy. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and um, and just kind of their struggles and the tension. Um, and about like growth and acceptance and um, the grandmother comes in um, to kind of support the family. And there's some really funny parts with her. Um, and uh, what is there? What does he say? Like she's complimenting the little boy about, I think she says that he's pretty or something. He's like, I'm not pretty. I'm good looking. And then he just stomps away. <laughs> and he's got these little cowboy boots with his like tube socks. It's just adorable. Um, and it's just a, kind of a small story about the small family. Um, but it's kind of telling a larger immigration story and a larger um, American dream kind of bullshit story. Mm -hmm. Um and I, f I was reading reviews of it afterwards and people's feelings, and people either really love it or really hate it. Hmm. And, um, I mean, I enjoyed it. Could you have cut out 10 or 15 minutes that were made a little bit slow in the middle? Yes. Um, and it's kind of a quiet, small film. Um, but I enjoyed it. But maybe it's just because it's also the novelty of a Korean family for me. I don't know. Um and it's interesting, and I appreciated how they handled racism in it, because I was ready, because it's, you know, Asian people in Arkansas in the 80s, so mm -hmm. I was like, uh-oh, how's this going to go? Um, but it's a good portrayal of, because they go to this church and where they meet a bunch of people, and it's a very good portrayal of casual racism that is not malicious it's just ignorance mm -hmm. and the things that they say are absolutely things that have been said to me my entire life and during my childhood um but it's not super heavy-handed it's not it just kind of goes in and out and you you get you get it and then it continues on mm -hmm. which I kind of appreciated um but yeah i i enjoyed it it was small, but there were some funny parts. There are some heartbreaking parts. Um, yeah, I recommend it. Like when I, it's not twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I I've been wanting to see it. Um, like ever since I saw a preview for it, like Steven mm -hmm. Yun has like you know a lot of credit for me as far as like yeah, you know, same. If he's in it, like I'm very curious. I wonder what this movie is about. I wonder what it's like. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, just like the setting of that movie, like Arkansas in the '80s, like you know with a immigrant family, Korean uh, family, like, you know, trying to integrate and, like, live a dream of their own, that seems very interesting to me. Mm. And I like what you said, and that seems accurate to what racism is, kind of. Like, it's never, it's rarely, is it spit in your face, you know, yell, yell in your face, yeah. you know, racism. It's often casual and, like, just mm -hmm. a part of, like, you know, society and just, like, a part yeah. of, like, you know, the setting. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm, not curious to see how that's portrayed. I know how that's portrayed, <laughs> but I want to see this movie. It's just it twenty bucks is a lot to ask. Come it absolutely ask. is, and I'm sure it'll be free at some point. Mm -hmm. um, 
I, as I understand, it won a Golden Globe for Best Foreign Language Picture, despite mm-hmm. it being made in America, like, I know. by Americans. I know, it, which really says a lot about <laughs> the U.S. Um, but, but I'm really I, not it's, against it. It's, it's is the movie entirely in uh, Korean, or like say for like you know uh, the parts where people who are not the Korean major- the majority speaking? of it is mm-hmm. yes. Uh, 75% of it is. So, mm-hmm. like, I guess it depends on how you define a foreign film. Is it yeah. because, is it about the subject or is it about where the, it's made? Mm-hmm. You know, the actual language spoken in it. Absolutely. Like. Um, but I think it's a surprisingly kind of sympathetic portrayal of racism mm. in that I don't disagree with because I've been there. Um, so I thought that was interesting and not something I had ever really seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would recommend it once it uh, becomes, you know, more available and cheaper <laughs> streaming <laughs> somewhere. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. And God, that little kid was so cute. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh, I loved it. And he said in an interview that, um, cause he's still, he's very little. They asked him who his favorite actor was, and he said Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> ah, nice. And then Ben Schwartz called him up pretending to be playing Sonic and was like, Aww. thank you so much. And it was very cute. That's very sweet. My husband is just such a nice guy. <laughs> he thinks everyone all the time, you know. <laughs> he really is. He's so thoughtful. I wish he'd call me. <laughs> He's so busy, all right? He's out there. <laughs> He's making, making children's, children's dreams come true. That's fine. Collecting those gold rings to bring home, okay? <sighs> um something i watched today that really hit hard with me that was like i i really enjoyed it Mm. uh another early 2021 banger in my opinion uh the sound of metal uh with riz ahmed oh i have been waiting to watch it because he looks so good in it and also i'm sure it's a quality film but he looks so good in it jason it's a quality film and I think he's doing like a great job in it. Like uh, the the premise of the story is that he's a drummer in a metal duo. Him and his girlfriend are a band. Uh, it, you know, they travel the country doing shows. Uh, they have a record deal on the line. Um, but suddenly his hearing just goes. Like he is like 75%, no, more than that, like 82% deaf in both of his ears. And like he now has say, to- uh, Don't tell me too much. Yeah, yes. I mean, I knew that was a plot, but yeah. Yeah. I guess just essentially relearn his life, like figure things out and like what to do next. And it's heartbreaking. Like one thing that they do that is very interesting that I, I guess I never thought of it in that way is tackling a disability like an addiction. Oh, okay. In the sense of, I guess people think of addiction as something that it's something you beat, something you mm-hmm. get past, but really mm-hmm. it's something you live with. Right. And the movie, I, I never thought of it in that framework before. And like disability is not something you get over necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's something you learn to live with for the most part. Right. You know, ra- rarely is a situation where like, you know, you, you can fix a disability in this situation. They're saying like, well, this is something you have to learn how to move on with your life with. Yeah. And like, the the cast is really good. It, there, there's no one particularly big in it uh, aside from Riz Ahmed. Um, 
but it's just very well acted and mm-hmm. the use of sound in the movie is impressive that's cool i love like, that it's very well done like you really do feel like you're in his shoes and so far i was like i wish i could hear right now <laughs> but you can't um the movie is natively presented with subtitles oh like, okay it's meant to be watched with subtitles okay um, although you can turn them off, you know, it's a, it's an Amazon original you can find on Amazon, but mm-hmm. you can turn it off, but it's supposed to be watched with subtitles. Okay. Um, and it is very oh, okay. stark and like, oh my God, like I, I feel uncomfortable cause like I, I can't hear what anyone's saying. I can't see what anyone's saying. Yeah. And like, you really do feel like you're in his shoes. Um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot and because it's so fresh, like it really does stick with me. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil the finer points of it, but it's just, it's really touching. Like, you really feel for the character, and, like, he really does drop into this character. Like, you kind of mm. forget it's Riz Ahmed. At points, you feel like you're watching a documentary, like, mm. and it's just like, God, I really hope this guy can get his life together. You know, when I was watching the trailer, it's funny you say that, it did give me kind of some, I don't know, because I don't know about filmmaking, I don't know what it is about that, and, like, when I told you about um, that uh, show, um, the investigation where there's something about i don't know if it's the camera angles or what it is but gives you that real documentary feel Mm -hmm. i got the documentary feel when i watched that trailer too in a good way Mm -hmm. um and i love when they do stuff with sound and things and makes it kind of more of like a three-dimensional experience almost because it's just another sense that you didn't expect to kind of be toyed with while you're watching It's it's a component that I think people often forget when they're watching a movie because like yeah. oh like it's an afterthought almost. Well, while in this it really is, you know, a big part a focal of it. Like, point, yeah. I liken it to uh, a quiet place mm-hmm. in that way, where yes. it's like where you know sign language comes into play, deafness comes into play. But in this, like yeah, similarly, like it is a big point of the movie, like to pay attention to what you're hearing and what you're not hearing. Mm. Very cool. I will definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, the thing that I enjoyed the most this time around, um, was Good Girls. Oh, it's is, back. New season, right? I don't know. Cause I've just started watching it. Oh, okay. But yeah, I think it's either season three or four that's out now. Mm-hmm. Season four just premiered on NBC and season gotcha. three just came to Netflix. Yes, that must be it. Um, so you've seen the show. Yes. Gotcha. Um, I started I'm not watching finished it. season three, but I, I've seen seasons one and two. I've only seen like three episodes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because again, it started to get tense and then I can't do it. <laughs> um, but I absolutely love this show. I love um, the three actresses, Christina Hendricks, Retta, and Mae Whitman. Um, I like each of them. I think they're hilarious. I like the chemistry that they have with each other. Um, and I know people have, I think, made comparisons to, like, Breaking Bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so much more realistic in that people absolutely panic and they don't immediately become, like, amazing drug dealers or whatever. It's just, like, <laughs> people who are very much in over their head who realize they're in over their head mm-hmm. and they're just looking at each other like, fuck, we are in <laughs> over our heads. We're either what going are to we die doing? or go to jail. That's <laughs> yes. the only way this ends. There are very much stakes here. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> like that is that is a, a big tenor of the show. And I'm glad that you pointed out. Like they realize we are so dumb for this world. Yes. For this particular <laughs> set of skills, we don't have it. We're just people. 
We yeah. are not criminals. Yeah. And because they kind of are pretty much out of trouble and then they go back into it and they're just like, what the fuck? Why would you do that? We just got this fixed. <laughs> it's so great. Um, so basically it's about these three suburban moms who are in, they're all in very different situations, but very relatable situations, I think. Mm. Um, and that one is in a failing marriage. One of them has a child with a chronic illness. So it's just incredibly um, emotionally um, difficult, but also financially difficult. Um, and then May Whitman's character, who's a little bit younger, um, has a daughter who's a bit older. Um, and so she's just struggling to pay the bills and take care of her. Um, and so they just, they want to have some control in their lives and not be constantly stressed about money, which mm -hmm. is very relatable. Um, but they just, they start off trying to um, do a little little robbery in a grocery store, and it really just kind of goes from there. Yeah. Um, possibly, and like, one of my favorite parts, Jason, I don't even know how to talk about it. I have a new love in my life, Jason. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. I'm Jason, pretty sure. Jason, I've never been more attracted to a man with a neck tattoo <laughs> in my life, nor will I ever. Because, good God, uh, I had an extensive conversation with Megan about this when I saw her recently to be like, we were both just like, why does that neck tattoo work? <laughs> like, I don't know if it's because of the shape of the eagle. <laughs> <laughs> that it's somehow like uh accentuating like the beat yeah, of his neck. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but good like I find him very attractive, but I actually find him more attractive with the neck tattoo. <laughs> and I, I found it like as soon as he came on screen, because Zen had told me about how she likes him, and I as soon, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's very attractive. Like, I get it. But then he came on screen, and he has that voice and that swagger. <laughs> and I was overwhelmed, Jason. I was overwhelmed with the immediate lust I felt for this man. <laughs> I just, I was like, what? And he's so skinny. I'm usually not super skinny, guys. But I, Jason, tomorrow, if he was like, have my children i'd be like yes manny i will have your children can we maybe get the neck tattoo back on there manny, Mont manny montana is the actor's name by the oh, way uh plays the character I, rio on good girls i just want to be mrs manny montana <laughs> what a name <laughs> m and m and m <laughs> oh he is and his character uh, um <clears throat> he's this uh, gangster guy who's very dangerous but also very smart um, and of course he got me as soon as he started talking about backsplashes in the kitchen I was just like oh he's a sophisticated gangster <laughs> <laughs> and he's funny I was swept off my feet Jason like, I would join a life of crime immediately it, it's like every scene he's in there's like immediate sexual tension oh Yes, between me and him, between him and Christina Hendricks, <laughs> all of us, all of Everyone us. Everyone is on notice and Good ready gracious. to go. 
Like, he does give a similar energy off to uh, Michael Mondo, who is on uh, Better Call Saul, um, as, you know, a handsome, attractive, uh, intelligent, like, gangster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, I know, yes, I'm, th- there's a lot of heat around him from the, on the internet for, for Manny Montana. Oof. <laughs> I, like it was immediately like Looney Tunes wolf like heart eyes like ooga tongue rolling out of mouth yeah 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 steam coming out of my ears like it was just <laughs> I've not felt this way in a long time Jason is what I'm <laughs> saying and I'm just in love I understand I understand I get I get yeah. where you're coming from um do you so it's on season four how did you like the first couple seasons. I enjoyed the first two seasons mm-hmm. a lot. Okay, um, cool. More than I thought I would. I was like, oh, I'll watch this like pass the time. At first, I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be like strictly comedic. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like these three women like fumble up, you know, this uh, store robbery and like, you know, they kind of have to like cover it up for the rest of the season. Like, you know, they're hiding money in cakes. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't <laughs> what the show <laughs> was at all. Like, it deals with like, you know, real serious issues as far as like, you know, poverty and money mm-hmm. and like you know crime it takes place in detroit which is already such a depressed area totally yeah as is um and like you know hey great to set it there like that it gives it a, a good sense of realism um you know this whole social sense of keeping up appearances but like mm-hmm. you know really you're struggling so hard and i feel that's a theme that comes up consistently on that show yeah um, I love, you know, the, the cast, like Mae Whitman, Retta, Christina Hendricks work really well off of each other. Um, I don't know how much I believe Mae Whitman and Christina Hendricks are sisters. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, whatever. They're good actors and they play well off of each other. Um, I'm glad to see Mae Whitman with like a lot to do because I feel like often she's, uh, she's casting things where she's just like, you know, a side character or like, you know, has mm-hmm. a few lines, but she's actually very good. And like, I like that she has a lot of chances to express and do things and like get into trouble and yeah yeah it's, it's a lot of fun to see that um also the supporting cast is really good too like uh they're significant others slash sometimes antagonists yes. um i think work really well like matthew lillard like wow i really like this matthew lillard yeah <laughs> you, i did I would not like you in this. see that coming and i was just like matthew <laughs> i haven't seen you since you were playing a teenager as a 20 something year old like you uh, good for I, you yeah last time i saw you you were shaggy uh, yeah exactly <laughs> um and uh reno wilson who plays Reda's husband is like mm. like oh, really yeah good. he's so cute yeah like he's i uh, just i knew him primarily as like a, as a voice actor and things it's like oh dude oh, like okay you felt like not not to say voice actors don't have like, a lot of skill but like rarely do you see the crossover Right. Where like voice actors like show up like you know in as physical actors and something. I've seen him in something else. I don't know what. I have to look it up. Mm. But um, he's so cute, and I love their marriage and how like when you know she isn't horribly tense from whatever crime they've just committed. Um, <laughs> they just they get along really well, and they seem like they're like actually like good pals and like mm-hmm. good partners. Um, and he's really fun. I like that pairing a lot. And there's something about this show that feels like it was adapted from, like, a British series, but I don't think it was. <laughs> oh, I did not get that vibe. That's really funny. Like, it's, there's something about, like, the sky in Detroit always seems gray. <laughs> and <laughs> I just compare that to, like, you know, a British sky or something like that. Like, it's for some, and, like, just like, the, the idea of, like, you know, three British housewives committing, like, you know, a small crime and then it blowing out of proportion feels very much like something you'd see, like, on the BBC. Um... But yeah, I see that. 
I like uh, Good Girls so nice. far. All right, I will keep up with it. Also, oh my god, it's been four four seasons. It's been on for that long. Jesus Christ, time keeps doing its thing, which is passing. Uh, <laughs> I, I would have guessed that it, there had only been like two seasons. I was surprised that it was four. Same here. It still feels like a new show, but it is yeah. not. Um, um, do you have anything else? I've got I got two things. Uh, one I okay. can go over very quickly. Uh, I started watching the show Smilf. Um, on <laughs> <Showtime>. <laughs> I guess I did say that pretty casually. Like, you know, <laughs> Smilf. Uh, <laughs> Smilf was a show on Showtime that ran from 2017 to 2019, uh, starring Frankie Shaw as both the star and showrunner and, like, you know, concept by um, wearing a lot of hats and, uh, she didn't have, like, a lot of huge roles prior to this. This is, like, one of the biggest things that she had done. Um, and sadly, like, you know, the show ended due to controversy. Like, um, oh. she wasn't managing the writer's room properly. She had uh, split up the writer's room like a quarter race, apparently. Like What? Uh, yeah. And, like, you know, there was, like, uh, she made people feel uncomfortable during, like, sex scenes. Like, oh, it was no. just poorly mismanaged by her, apparently. Um, and just like why, why, why are these things being done? Whether you're experienced or not, like, what, what the fuck is going on here? That's insane. So as a result of that, like ABC totally like you know killed their deal. She had like a development deal with them. Totally killed. Showtime canceled the show. Girl, like they came down on her hard. I guess deservedly so because you know you shouldn't be doing yeah. these things this day and age. But damn. Um, but that aside, the show is actually quite fun. <laughs> I mean, all that. <laughs> All that said, to say like uh, it, it was, it was fun. Um, from I've seen about three episodes so far. Um, yeah, it's the the show is just about a single mother in Boston trying her goddamn best, <laughs> and that's kind of it. Like mm-hmm. she's a uh, she's an actor, but like you know, her career got kind of derailed because she had a kid. Um, money problems are persistent in her life. Like you know, mm-hmm. constantly clashing heads with like you know uh, her her kid's dad. Um, Rosie O'Donnell plays her mom, and like Rosie O'Donnell is like doing a great job. Like you give off, nice. you're you're doing a, a. It's it's fun to see her in that role. Cool. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's. I wish I wish the things that happened on that set didn't happen, so yeah. that I, there'd be more seasons of it. Like Samara Weaving uh, is in it, and she's like oh, really cool. fun and enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I just wish the things that happened on that show didn't happen, but they did, and that's that sucks. That's terrible. Hmm. Um, and aside from that, I watched the show, the movie, Irresistible, starring Steve Carell and Rose Byrne. Um, oh, is that the... Oh, hold on, one question. For Smelf, mm-hmm. what does the S in Smelf stand for? Single. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, single, that's what that stands for. <laughs> you, you know the rest, all right? Yep, you, yes, yeah, I everybody do. Everybody knows the rest. Um... But yeah, outside of that, watched uh, Irresistible, starring Steve Carell and Rose Byrne. Um, and it was fun. It's directed by John Stewart. Um, I really liked it. It's about... Interesting. Um, okay. It's about how the political engine comes to like this, of like both uh, Republican and Democrat come to this small town to kind of like wage war in this local mayoral race. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, all this money's being pumped into it, making this small town mayoral race into, like, a national headline-stealing, you know, event. Mm-hmm. And it's, it has a nice little twist that I won't spoil, but okay. 
it is consistently funny throughout. Um, and yeah, I mean, in, in a nation and in a time where politics is so interwoven into life, yeah. Um, it this harkens back to a time where it kind of wasn't. Nice. But in in some ways, like that's good. In other ways, it's like that's deceptive because this is, you know, it's not the reality of the other way things are. Mm. But I enjoyed it. Is what I was saying. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. I like it. I got a lot of good recommendations from you. Mm-hmm. Mostly it's the JoJo thing. I'm very interested in. It's four fun ghost stories. That's all I can say. Like, uh, I, if, hey, if I can spread the gospel of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure to anybody who will listen, I'm glad to spread it. All right. Do you like abs? They got abs in the show. All right. Do you enjoy magic? There's some of that, too. Superpowers. Magic. Yes. All right. Like, it's, it's fun. Weird fashion. It's all there. I feel like you really found your audience with me because I love abs. <laughs> Weird fashion. Great. Magic. Love it. Yeah. Like, nice. do, you, do you like death traps? They're there too. All sure. Right. Sure, sure, sure. Like, are you in a treadmill race with perhaps the, the fittest man on earth and you have to beat him otherwise you fly out of a window? That happens. Right. Oh, it's like a real speed situation. Yeah. <laughs> On a treadmill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I like it. Oh, oh, there's one in there that ooh, there's a good one that you would like a lot. I'm not gonna spoil it. It's a good one. It's a good ghost Is story there in there. Water? Oh, okay. No water. Um Damn. just it's the a lover's tryst that goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Now I have to watch it. <laughs> All right, cool. Cool, cool, cool. It is, yeah. Uh, go, go ahead. I'll, yeah. I'll shut up. I'll shut up. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a look. Because I've yet to see any JoJo. I've only heard you tell me stories about it. I think this is a good, quick introduction to that world without much, needy, without much need for a backstory. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. But do you have anything else? No, my, I think that was my uh, my last thing. I did. I have been um, continuing to watch the investigation, which is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I will continue to preach the gospel of that show because um, even though so little happens in each episode, <laughs> now things are really starting to starting to go, and I'm mm-hmm. into it. Um, I just really need more people to watch the show so I can talk to somebody about it. Okay. Like I've I've seen more ads for it actually on uh on on HBO or not ads, but it's been popping up like oh things you might enjoy like oh okay I've I've heard this is this is good, um and if it has that like kind of like you know a realistic vibe that documentary totally. vibe, yeah. I will certainly dip my toe into it. Nice. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Uh. Thanks for listening, y'all. Uh. You know, you can find us on uh, Instagram at ONR Podcast. Ooh, get ready for a lot of pictures of Manny Montana. I'm oh, sure boy. a lot of uh, neck tats, uh, hashtags, and enthusiasts are going to follow us. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Bye.